School districts from coast to coast have reported the number of students failing classes has risen by as many as two or three times, which pretty much means that more than likely the students that we are interacting with are having a hard time with online learning. So what do we do about that? Welcome back to the Learning and Community Podcast, where every week we explore resources and ideas to maximize the impact of youth workers across our community. I'm Rachel, and I'm back this week with Josh. What's up? What's up? And we're talking about school. Yay. <laughs> Josh, what was your favorite part of school coming up? Coming up, favorite part of school was the people I hung out with. Like, I remember sitting, like, like the first day of class when you go, and you're like, Oh, and this was before social media, so you couldn't be like, oh, who has first period with me? Right. So you walk into your sixth period English class and you see... Your people. All your people. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, yes. this is about to be my favorite class, right. which usually ended up mean I didn't do much work. We laughed a whole lot. Yep. It was good times. <laughs> yes. They are missing out on all of that. Yeah. Students are right now. Yeah. And I think there there are a lot of challenges right now, for sure. Yeah, like the things that we that those are the things that kept you kind of coming to school, right? Like yes, kept you showing up. Yes. is like relationships, and they don't really have the same access. I mean, a lot of folks are talking about social media and how, what a big part that plays in relationship, but ultimately, like you can't really build relationship over a screen. Like it's really hard. It just yeah. is. It's hard. It's not how we're wired. We're wired to be together and mm-hmm. like relationships and there's things that goes off in our brains when we are together right. and see each other and facial expressions like you need that and you can't get that through like a screen and social media is cool for connecting people from like like i'm still connected to people in texas mm-hmm. but it's horrible for me and people that are right here in front of me because i'm always on my phone well not me but well, kids miss out on social emotional learning, too. Yes. Like, that's a huge part of learning. Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that the stats say that there are two to three times higher, like, of failures mm-hmm. of just students during this virtual online I don't think I've, learner. I haven't talked to a kid who doesn't have any. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, very few kids I know are, are are passing all of their classes. Yeah. Even kids that are, like, normally you know, fairly, like, decent students, like, Bs and Cs, you know? Yeah. Well, it's funny because one of the boys that was coming to the center before we got shut down, I was talking to him last week, and he was like, oh, I have a couple of failing grades, which was surprising to me because he's he has, like, a 3.8 GPA usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he was there at the center, he looked like he was doing his work. Mm-hmm. Um, but the it was surprising when he was like, yeah, I'm failing, but the stat shows that, yeah, a lot of kids are ex- – just not doing that. So how do we as youth workers come alongside students to like, like we know we can't get rid of virtual distance mm-hmm. learning. That's just not going to happen. So somehow we have to have conversations to encourage them to deal with it the best that they can. Mm-hmm. So how do we do that? Yeah, I think, well, like you said, we don't have the power mm-hmm. to change a lot of things or even to even sometimes connect with teachers, you know, like that's mm-hmm. not always our place unless we're connected to the school. Yeah. And so, um, and teachers don't really have capacity to be communicating with one more person either. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the things that we do have capacity um, in is being consistent and mm-hmm. just like checking in with students. Mm-hmm. Like 
we are the people in their lives and maybe you know the other people in their lives don't have time. Like if they have siblings, you know, they their parents might be focused and centered on them, especially if they're younger. You yeah. know, like they just might not have capacity for that high school or that middle school student. And so if there are ways that we can be consistently checking in, like I think that that is a huge asset to students right now. Yeah, yeah. And I think about parents, like I don't know the last time you looked at like middle school and high school like coursework. If I like <laughs> – just put it out there. There's sometimes I remember one kid asked me at the center to help him with a chemistry problem. Right. And I looked at it and it was not English. <laughs> it was not English. And I just couldn't I couldn't do it. Right. So I can imagine a parent and I'm I work with kids, right? Right, right. But I can imagine as parents who have been out of school for so long right. not being able to help their kids with homework. And so totally. I think as youth workers, like being able to one, if you know a subject really well providing that tutoring Mm -hmm. or finding the resources to help them with tutoring, finding a friend Mm -hmm. that's like, Hey, I have this. Cause what I did was I took a screenshot and sent it to a friend, AKA Danny, um, (laughs) who actually knows chemistry and was able to answer the question. And I think that was really helpful for that young man at that moment. And Mm. I think youth workers, we need to resource each other Mm. and figure out like, Oh, you're really good at math. If I have a kid that's struggling with math, can I send them, your number or set up a Zoom or do something. Right. Because we have to find ways to to come alongside students and to give them what they're missing from mm. virtual learning. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that I, I think I would have found helpful during this time mm. um, was I was the type of student that was like I could kind of coast by on just some of my natural mm-hmm. like intelligence. So yeah. like I didn't work really hard. Which meant when I got to college, I had a really hard time because I had never really done homework. Yeah. Like, I didn't have any systems for myself yep. because I was like, I, I had just coasted so easily through high school. Um, and so I think really similarly, like there's this weird, it's not weird. It's like part of virtual learning, but there's this expectation on kids to have systems set up for themselves mm-hmm. so that they can be successful. And I like something like 90% of kids are failing. So like, that means most kids don't have systems. Mm -hmm. Are there ways that you in working with your guys have helped them set up any systems that have been helpful for them? Or like, even if it's just like, like a calendar or like, I I mean, one system is having the space Mm -hmm. before we got locked down again. But like, you know, a system that I had, because my boys, um, Lincoln High School has a day on Wednesday where they get to do, it's called open hours or Mm -hmm. something like that, where it's optional tutoring. And my system was like, go to those on Wednesdays. Mm. You just go, go check in, make sure you got everything. I know it's a free time. Give me 15 minutes per class or whatever. She just go mm-hmm. and ask this question. Um, just a simple thing, but I think yeah. one, it kept them learning, but also it would show the teacher like, oh, at least they're interested. Mm-hmm. Um, at least they're trying. Just right. go ask one question. Yeah. What? Showing compassion to students right now, I think, is huge. Yeah. Of just being like, because I think before, when I, I honestly, when I first started in ministry, I think I had really high expectations mm-hmm. of kids. Like, I was like, well, of course you should go to all your classes. Like, it's, it just felt really simple yeah. that they would be doing all of these things. Then you start to get into the context that most kids are living in and experiencing in a classroom of 45 other kids or, mm-hmm. you know, like, and you start to have some empathy. So compound it on top of that, yeah. this virtual learning, living through a pandemic, um, among everything else that's happened this year, you know, mm-hmm. ex- exercising some compassion for students and just saying like, hey, if this is what you can do, give that. Yeah. Um, and I think that could be a really helpful system um, around the social emotional piece mm-hmm. for you to extend to students is like, 
hey, your teacher really just wants you to communicate with them. Yeah. So if you didn't get it done this week, just shoot them an email or or a text or something yeah. to let them know that you're trying, like you're present, you're here. Yeah. You know, even if it's that small, helping, um, I guess what I'm trying to get to is like, Helping students establish a safe line of communication with their yeah. teachers could be huge. Yeah. Even if they are really struggling in a class or are just really struggling with life like, and feeling yeah. overwhelmed, you know, is giving that clear line of communication, I think, leaves room for empathy and compassion yeah. to be exchanged. Yeah. They need that. Like, just give me something. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think just having understanding and empathy, like you said, like, because there's a lot going on, virtual mm-hmm. learning. And then teenagers' brains are operating at a completely different level right like then other than toddlers and infants right. teenagers brains are just going crazy so there's just a lot going on and there's so much input yes like on top of stuff that they're trying to get from school like they're getting input from everywhere else all the social media the friends the this that like so much and so yeah. i think having that understanding and empathy but then also giving them very small obtainable goals like yes. hey this week if I was used to work, I was like, hey, one of my boys, I was like, hey, you're having trouble staying awake in class. Like, all right, you check in the class every day for mm-hmm. this week. I'm going to send you a pizza to your home. Yes, incentives. And that was something easy. Mm-hmm. Kids like food. I did it, but I also coupled it with a Zoom call. It's like, all right, I'm going to send you a pizza, and we're going to Zoom call. Because right. that way we still have a relationship. Also, it gave him something small that he can work towards that was, like, obtainable. Right. Not something like, well, if you get all A's in six months, I'll do this. Like, that's too far. We're trying to make it day by day now. Right. Like, so let's give them small, obtainable goals that, like, gives them something that they need, which is relationship. Right. And something that can make them feel good about themselves. Well, that's a win-win for a youth worker, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yes. Let's jump to take three, because I actually think that that is a great jumping off point to this takeaway. Um, Number one of just this attainable goals piece, a teacher was talking to me last week about. Basically, what she does is she doesn't fail any of her students. Hmm. And if they turn something in late, she gives them full credit for it. Because she's trying to respond to the context that they're in. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't want to leave them hopeless. Yeah. Because once you get to a hopeless place, then accountability and goals go out the window. Yeah. You're like, why would I even try? Yeah. So I think, yeah, I guess, again, with the the short-term goals and the accountability piece and the consistency piece, those can kind of all be wrapped into this take one um, in a way that provides hope to kids of like, you don't have to give up on this year because it's just been so hard. Like, yeah. or you don't have to give up because you haven't done X, Y, and Z thus far. Like, there is hope for you here. Yeah. And so finding ways to give that hope um, through accountability and through those, like, short-term rewards is huge. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Uh, the second one that I would say that we kind of said was um, opened up lines of communication. So teaching them small, practical things that they could do mm-hmm. to better like be in relationship with their teacher or to at least show that they're trying. Like, hey, I know this is hard. Send this email, right? Just yeah. take kids, you're on your phone. You can text. You can like just type it out really quickly. Say this, let me proofread it, and send this to your teacher. So it teaches them one how to communicate, but helps them kind of nobody wants to fail. Yeah. Right. So it helps them start to get obtain the goal that they want to. Uh, and it also helps them when they go into the workforce because we all need to learn how to send emails mm-hmm. um, and communicate with people. So, um, yeah, teaching them how to communicate and navigate how to talk to teachers during mm-hmm. this time when they can't see them face-to-face or they can't be in person. Right. So, Which extends, I think, into take three, um, which is this idea that 
we don't have to micromanage mm-hmm. this process for kids. And this is this is not just during COVID, but in academics in general with yeah. our students. I think there's a temptation as youth workers, as maybe the only caring adult in this kid's life or whatever. Like, I hope that's not the case because yeah. that's not really healthy for you. But yes. but sometimes <laughs> it can feel like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you are not the be all end all. And that E or that F is not going to ruin their life. Yeah. And so giving yourself space to say, I'm going to give what I can. But ultimately, my goal is relationship yeah. with you. My goal is not that you'll pass all your classes. That's not my job. Yeah. That's your job. And I want to equip you and help you do that, but I'm not going to micromanage this process at the risk of ruining relationship. Yeah. And so I think as youth workers, there's opportunity here for us to have hard conversations with kids, mm-hmm. to open up lines of communication, to hold them accountable through incentives and things like that. But at the end of the day, our call is not to micromanage the learning process. No. Um, but it is to, to like help them uh, get where they want to go and help yeah. them achieve their goals. And I, I hope that most kids want to graduate from high school, right? Yeah. Well, it's like we have to, I think we, as youth workers, we can always look at kids like, well, I did this and graduated and we don't actually take time to be with them in this. Like, this yes. is hard. This is confusing. This is not fun. This yeah. is not like what I would want to do. So take time to like understand that. And then what would you want? What would best serve the kid and not necessarily your motives of like getting them to pass. Like I said, not micromanaging them in an F it's not ideal, but Hey, things are hard right now. Mm-hmm. Right. So how can we improve upon this F? How can we move forward? Right. Um, yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's what we always say. Opportunity for mm-hmm. relationship. Everything we do as youth workers is to create opportunity to build relationship with us, with a kid. Yeah. Um, and if that doesn't, if that goal shifts from our line of sight, then we got problems, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, th- this hard conversation that you're having with your student about grades, about academics, about their needs, is about relationship building. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, thank you guys for joining us this week. Um, we'll see you back here again next week to talk and tackle some more hard questions. We're looking forward to it. Peace. Peace.